Good morning. If you're visiting for the first time, or if you've been here several times, if you've been coming for several years, we welcome each of you, and we are so glad that you're here. We're glad for this time to worship together. We pray that the thanksgiving spirit of gratitude and generosity will continue in us as we are gathered now in God's name. Next Sunday begins Advent, which is a very busy season here at Montview Church. We will encourage you each week to read through the information in your bulletin insert. Today I'd highlight just a few of the items. The first is that next Saturday and Sunday, we will have our Christmas Fair Market. It is a fair trade market. It is a good time to do meaningful Christmas shopping. And again, it's in Fellowship Hall on Saturday and Sunday. Next Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. here in the sanctuary, we will have our Christmas concert. It's an event not to miss. All of our Montview choirs and our orchestra will be here to play. There will be childcare available, and we hope that you can join us for Fear Not. Also, I have a change to mention to you. Our Christmas tea and craft fair has been moved up one week. This will happen now on December 16th. It will be between services. We hope that you can join us for this celebration before you begin your holiday travels. These services on the 16th will be our lessons and carol services. One more thing to mention. In sadness, we tell you now that Elmira Bynum has died on November 19th. She was a longtime member of our church. She will be missed. The details of her memorial service have not been finalized, but this information will be available through the church office. We say prayers for her family and all who loved her, prayers for strength and comfort. And now, believing that the love of God surrounds us in all things, in life and in death, let us stand as we are able for the call to worship. This is the day that the Lord has made. Oh, praise the Lord with me. Let us worship God.
confessions, hopefully and honestly, believing in the truth of God's redemption and grace. We begin our confession in silence, and then I will lead the corporate confession as printed in your bulletin. Breathe in the compassion of Christ. Breathe out conflicts and turmoil. Breathe in the love of Christ. Breathe out fear and hate. Breathe in the grace of Christ. Breathe out faults and frailties. Breathe in the mercy of Christ. Breathe out worry and distractions. God of love, have mercy on us. Bless us with faithfulness and courage that we may walk in the ways of Christ. Amen. In Christ, we are loved. We are forgiven. We are guided. And we can try again. We are free to forgive ourselves forgive one another, and live more deeply into our relationship with God. May it be so, and amen. We have many prayers for peace. We pray for peace in our minds and hearts. We pray for peace in our families, our friendships, our acquaintanceships. We pray for peace in our neighborhoods, our country, and our world. May all our prayers for peace be made visible now as we greet each other. May the peace of God be with us all.
Wonderful to see all of you. I'm so glad you're here. This is a very special day, and you are in a very special place to watch. Today, two 
children are going to be baptized, and they're right there in the front row. James and Francesco are going to be baptized. So I want to talk with you, Max, can you be right there? I want to talk with you about the things that you can see from your wonderful place to sit and some really important things that you'll be hearing. So much is going to happen. We're going to call the families up and ask them some questions. Then Liza and Cooper's mom is going to speak from the lectern. Then the congregation is going to talk. Then we'll say a prayer, and Pastor Clover will baptize James and Francesco using water from this font. You know, children, in baptism, our faith in God and God's faith in us is made visible. We can see it as we use water and we say words that have been repeated for years and years and years and are part of our faith tradition. After the baptisms, the babies will be carried down the center aisle and back, and then we'll light candles, and there's just so much to see. But we really need your attention so you won't miss anything that's happening, and you'll be able to see closely this sacrament, and we need you to be able to listen closely so you hear all the important words today. Let's begin. Would those who present themselves for baptism please come forward? On behalf of the session, I present James and Francesco, children of the covenant to receive the sacrament of baptism. And I'm going to have you guys stay right on this side. Yep, and the children can see. Perfect. All right. Sisters and brothers in Christ, in baptism, God claims us and seals us with water to show that we belong to God. Uniting us with Jesus Christ in his death and resurrection, God frees us from sin and death. By water and the Holy Spirit, we are welcome to Christ Church. Let us remember with joy our own baptism. Corey and Jane, Rose and Homer, do you desire that your children be baptized? Do you? Yes. Relying on God's grace, do you promise to live the Christian faith and to teach that faith to your children? Do you? Very good. And do sponsors, Zach and Mary, do you promise through prayer and example to support and encourage Jack to be, faith, to be a faithful Christian? Do you? Very good. Do we, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ, promise to guide and nurture James and Francesco by word and deed, with love and prayer, encouraging them to know and follow Christ and to be faithful members of the Church? If so, please answer, we do. We do. Please stand as you are able as we confess our faith. In life, life and, in, and death. in death, we belong, we belong to, God. to God. Through, Through the, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, Christ the, the love, love of God, God and, and the, the communion, communion of the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit 
We trust in the one triune God, the Holy One of Israel, whom alone we worship and serve. We trust in Jesus Christ, fully human, fully God. We trust in God, whom Jesus called Abba, Father. We trust in the Holy Spirit, everywhere the giver and renewer of life. With believers in every time and place, we rejoice that nothing in life or in death can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Glory be to the Creator and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, throughout history you have nourished and sustained all living things through the gift of water. From the time of creation to your own baptism in the waters of the Jordan, to this very moment, you invite us into loving relationship with you. We thank you for the gift of life and for the gift of James and Francesco as they are marked with this water. Seal them with your covenant of presence and grace. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon them that this font may be the womb of new birth, giving them the power to do your will and live forever the risen life in Christ. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. You may be seated. Jane and Corey, would you step forward? What is the Christian name of this child? James Matthew. And we call him Jack, correct? Hi, Jack. Hi, sweet boy. Jack, I baptize you in the name of God the Creator, in the name of Jesus the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, you are a child of God. You have been sealed as God's own forever. Amen. I'm going to give Jack to Miss Sandy. Okay. Hi, Jack. Homer and Rose, do you step forward? What is the Christian name of this child? Francisco Ethan. Ethan. Okay. <laughs> We're going to try one more time. Yeah, come here. Is it going to work? Okay, we'll stay with Mom. All right. We'll just have Rose turn around. There we go. Okay. Oh, Ethan. I baptize you in the name of God, the Creator. I know. In the name of Jesus, the Son. And in the name of the Holy Spirit. Ethan, you are a child of God, sealed with the Holy Spirit, and marked as God's own forever. Amen. The Christian life is hard. He already gets it. You already get it, don't you? I know. Children, did you see that? He was happy, right? All right. Let us take a walk down. And I'm going to have Rose walk too. See what great love God has for us. For God calls us children of God. I just get to walk. Just like this. (laughs) 
The names of James Matthew Smith and Francesco Ethan Attencio are inscribed in the book of the church together with all our names. Let us remember with joy that God is the giver of life and knows each of us by name. This candle represents the new life in Christ and it is entrusted to you to keep burning brightly. May James and Francesco and all who have received the sacrament walk as children of the light. And may God keep the flame alive in us forever. With joy and thanksgiving, we welcome you into Christ's church and share with us this ministry, for we are all one in Christ. Amen. Let us pray together the prayer for illumination found in your bulletin. Give us humble, teachable, and obedient hearts that we may receive your word and respond in love. Amen. The first lesson is John chapter 18, verses 33 through 37, found on page 99 in your New Testament Bible. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So, 
you are a king? Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Listen to the voice of the Spirit speaking to the church. Thanks be to God.
Our second reading this morning comes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 11, verses 1 to 9. A shoot will grow up from the stump of Jesse. A branch will sprout from his roots. The Lord's spirit will rest upon him, a spirit of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of planning and strength, a spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. He will delight in fearing the Lord. He will judge by appearances, not decide by hearsay. He will judge the needy with righteousness and decide with equity for those who suffer in the land. He will strike the violent with the rod of his mouth, and by the breath of his lips he will kill the wicked. Righteousness will be the belt around his hips, and faithfulness the belt around his waist. A wolf will live with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the goat, and a calf and the young lion will feed together, and a little child will lead them. The cow and the bear will graze, the young will lie down together, and a lion will eat straw like an ox. A nursing child will play over the snake's hole, and toddlers will reach out over the serpent's den. They won't harm or destroy anywhere on my holy mountain. The earth will surely be filled with the knowledge of the Lord, just as the water covers the sea. This is the word of God for the people of God. I invite you to pray with me. Gracious God, speak to us this morning as I reach for your truth, and may some little truth come through. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you. Amen. So it was sometime in mid-September that I remember spotting the first advent calendars on sale at King Supers. The Halloween decorations hadn't even been set out yet. Every year, we seem to say that the Christmas decorations are set out earlier and earlier, but this seemed particularly early. And then it was just a few weeks later that I stopped into World Market and found them fully stocked with all things Christmas. And it wasn't just a display or two to tease you into the holiday shopping mood, it was everywhere. There were aisles of ornaments for trees, decorations for fireplace mantles and dinner tables, and, and sweets galore. It was truly, it felt like a Christmas wonderland, and it was still two months before the start of Advent season would begin. I am not one to want to rush into the holiday season. Like many of you, I suspect, I wish the stores would wait a little longer before filling the shelves with holly and ivy decor. Every year, I find myself in this internal battle with the commercialized, secular Christmas of our culture and the liturgical order that invites us to wait and to be intentional with our preparations. Interestingly, this is not so far removed from the concerns that give rise to the liturgical day that we're celebrating today, the Feast of Christ the King. I was somewhat surprised to learn this year that Christ the King Sunday is actually a relatively new liturgical observance. It's less than 100 years old. Post-World War I, Pope Pius XI founded this feast day in 1925, and it was only moved to the last Sunday of the church year beginning in Advent of 1969. 
The Pope felt that the followers of Christ were being lured away by increasingly, the increasing secularism of the world. Back in 1925, in the fallout of World War I, and amidst kaisers and kings and tsars, it, fell to, it felt to the church that it was time to reassert that Tsar Ferdinand or Kaiser Wilhelm weren't the kings, Christ is king. These days in 21st century America, we're fairly far removed from kings. Kings live in fairy tales and in history books, and they're associated often with patriarchic images and notions of triumphalism, things that don't sit so well with us. Most of our modern-day experience of the monarchy is through homecoming courts at prom, rather than with actual monarchs that still govern our world. We're fascinated, or at least I'm fascinated, by shows like The Crown that give us a glimpse into the institution of the monarchy. And we may keep up with the headlines of royal weddings and royal baby announcements, but we far more frequently speak of kings and queens of our pop culture. Back in the 30s and 40s, Clark Gable was the king of Hollywood. Elvis Presley will forever reign as the king of pops, as king of rock and roll, and the king of pops, of course, is Michael Jackson. Madonna is considered the queen of pop, and we mustn't forget the multi-talented Queen Latifah. As we find ourselves on this last day of the year following the liturgical calendar, and we prepare for a new year that begins next week with Advent, there's something that's compelling about pausing to reflect on Christ the King in this liminal space between Thanksgiving and Advent, a space that is filled mostly in our culture with Black Friday sales and the anticipation and plans for Cyber Monday. This occasion today invites us to some of the most serious questions that we can imagine. Who is in charge of human history? Who is Lord of the world? What is the true nature of power? Ultimately, who is Jesus? Womanist theologian Dolores Williams grew up in the South and recalls Sunday mornings when the preacher would shout out, Who is Jesus? And the choir would respond in voices loud and strong, King of kings and Lord Almighty. And then, little Miss Huff, an elderly woman in a voice so fragile and soft you could barely hear, would sing her own answer, Poor Little Mary's Boy. Back and forth they would sing and call in response, Who is Jesus, King of Kings? Who is Jesus, Poor Little Mary's Boy? These two songs, Williams contends, is the black church doing theology. Each song needs the other to shine through. There is dissonance in the song. The images clash. One is big and powerful, and the other small and poor. Today is a dissonant day. The king of kings is poor little Mary's boy. When the earlier followers of Jesus were looking for language to describe him, for words to describe what they meant to him, what he meant to them, they often looked back to the book of the prophet Isaiah. And there they found some amazing language that describes a leader whom God will send to God's people. Isaiah says that the Lord's Spirit will rest upon a child who will be given to us. 
The spirit is of wisdom and understanding, a spirit of planning and strength, a spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. And a little child shall lead them, poor little Mary's boy. This child will create such a beautiful order among us that natural enemies will even trust each other. This little child, Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann says, is a visionary leader, one with an insight into our human nature, who will see how the systems we live in imprison us, and who will have the imagination to see beyond the way things have always been done and to create a new life among us. So this morning, we're given this question, who is Jesus? Jesus lived in a world not entirely different than ours. He lived in a place called Galilee, a Jewish colony in the Roman Empire, known widely as the Pax Romana, which meant the peace of Rome. They replaced the constant warring with their own versions of peace. They built roads and trade networks. Their peace enriched their citizens who owned land and resources as they were protected by the laws. That peace was kept by the greatest army in the world who would threaten anyone that threatened their peace. Isn't it interesting that God, the same God who hears the cries of his people when they were enslaved in Egypt, sent a child into the heart of this Roman Empire. That child would grow up and learn his Bible and marinate in its stories and learn its wisdom. And that child would grow up to bring peace. No weapons, no armed guards. Jesus had no power to extort, no power to seize people's properties, no legal background. All Jesus had to make peace were his hands, his words, and his thoughts. So he took these three things to the fishermen who lived along the shores of the Galilee, and he taught these men and women the shape of human life. He told them, you come from God, and you return to God. Pay attention to God and orient your whole life towards God. Don't mind the emperor. There is one important thing, there is one thing that is important in life, and that is love. How you give and how you receive love is how God measures a life. He didn't just say this to them, he became one with them. He became one with those who were struggling. The picture that is printed on the front of your bulletin is the image of Christ the King that I am clinging to this season. This picture was printed in the Washington Post along with devastating images of the aftermath and destruction caused by the campfire in Paradise, California. I find this image to be haunting and provocative with carefully placed figurines of the Holy Family perched atop a scorched car. In the midst of utter devastation, poor little Mary's boy is right there in the middle of it. This is an image of a king who is down here with us, in the muck, on the ground, in all of it. God is with us in the day-to-day -day world, not as a regal king or an untouchable emperor, but as one whose very being comes to us in delicate, unprotected, unarmed, defenseless flesh. This kingship is something new. Far from the model of the contemptuous tyrant Pilate, 
Jesus' kingdom is not from this world. What Jesus has in mind, in sharp contrast to Pilate, is a kingdom without a king, not an empire, but a community of witnesses testifying with words and deeds to the truth of God's love. This love enlarges our hearts and drives us into the world to serve those who would not expect it, to stand not in the places of prestige, but in the broken places where life is difficult and messy. This love calls us to see one another for who we are and to be in relationship with one another, giving us the capacity to see and to know that if you help me become me and I help you become you, God makes us better and stronger together. This is God's peace, and it is a gift of God through Jesus. And it is every bit as possible now as it ever has been. But we have to be careful because there are many routes to peace, many ideas of peace, and Christ's peace is a little bit different. We don't want to be deceived that this peace is not just the absence of conflict, but if we just pipe down and be quiet, then that's peace. And we can get deceived that peace is something that we do for ourselves. Now, I like a good getaway and a meditation retreat, but if someone is marketing peace to something as something that we can do for ourselves, we are being deceived. These things are good things, but the peace of Christ that God offers is a relationship between two things between me and you, between one another, between ourselves and creation. Jesus lived this peace having little regard for the formal titles and positions or lack thereof of those that he encountered. He didn't focus his attention on a person's social status or visible condition. Jesus noticed people in a different way. Where he placed his attention He noticed a person before he took any account of their social status or state of being. What Jesus saw was a common humanity. A number of years ago, archaeologists discovered the bones of a group of Neanderthals, and among them were the remains of a man who had lived since childhood with a severe disability. He is believed to have lived well into his 40s and 50s, which would have been a ripe old age. The scientists were moved with awe. In the animal world, those who cannot keep up are discarded. But so early in human history, we discover a tribe of people who arranged themselves around the needs of one who was in need. In their hunter and gatherer world, in which the group would travel between seven and ten miles a day, they must have carried him each day of his life. They had shared their food with one who could not gather any to share in return. They tended to his body. He must have been a substantial burden, but somehow they believed that he could not be left to die. It is one of the earliest signs that we have of the spirit of Christ in us, a sign of Christ's peace. If you are a student of yoga, you are aware of the phrase namaste. It is a common greeting if you travel throughout South Asian countries, and it means the divine in me sees the divine in you. I know many in this congregation have traveled to Nepal on work trips, and you have undoubtedly shared this greeting with anyone that you passed along your way. 
When you pass one another, you bring your hands to your heart, and you bow, and you recognize the other. Every week, as we pass the peace of Christ, we are reminded of our call to witness to the truth, to see the humanity of one another, to be in the brokenness and the beauty with one another. Having been reminded of God's love for us, we get to reach out to one another with that same love that we have just made for ourselves, to look one another in the eye and to see the divine and to wish wholeness upon one another. This may seem like such a simple act, but how radically different we might see one another if we truly greeted each other in this way. We who would follow Jesus are called to seek peace, to be ruled by love and mercy, to seek out the way of Christ, to get familiar with the ways of Jesus in the world, to see how Christ loves and to see who Christ loves, and to walk in those footsteps of the King of Peace. And as we do so, may the peace of Christ be with you. Let us join our hearts in prayer. God of our lives, God of our daily bread and sustenance, we come to you now with our prayers, trusting that you hear us when we pray. We affirm our gratitude during this season of thanksgiving. 
Grant us the wisdom to use the weeks of Advent so quickly approaching as a spiritual gestation time, a time when the vision of what it means to be fully human as Jesus was fully human grows within us. We give thanks for family and friends, for those with whom we shared time and meals over the holiday weekend. And we pray for families. For many, the holidays bring tension between relatives and can be reminders of broken relationships and love lost. Bring healing, Lord. Bring peace. Bring calm to those relationships in need. We lift prayers for those who come to this holiday season grieving the absence of a loved one, for those whose grief is fresh or grief that lingers. We cherish our memories of those that sustain us. We pray for those who are not granted the full measure of human dignity, for those who live without homes, without loved ones, without friends, without security. We pray for those who are in need of your comfort and healing, for the sick, the hospitalized, the dying, and the anxious. Holy One, you assured us that not through the power of force, but through the power of love, the power of peace, and the power of healing, you will reign on earth. Your will is to restore all things in and through your beloved Son, the King of the universe, the King of peace. Grant, we pray, that the whole creation set free may offer and proclaim your praise. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit. May we continue in prayer, saying the words Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Again, a special welcome to those of you who are first-time worshipers with us. For all of you who are here, we invite you to sign the friendship pad. It's on the inside of the aisle. We please pass it down the pew and greet the person next to you by name. With grateful praise, let us respond to God's love through our giving of our tithes and our offerings, our tokens of our life and our labors. Let us receive the morning offering.
one voice, let us join together in the prayer of dedication, saying, God, you have so greatly loved us, long sought us, and mercifully redeemed us. Give us grace that in everything we may yield ourselves, our wills and our works, a continual thank-offering to you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. and look around at one another. We are a strange group of people. We skip Sunday brunch to be here together to celebrate baptisms, to sing of Christ the King, and to worship. This word worship comes from the word worthy, and every time we gather, we are invited to ask the question, what is worthy of our attention? What is worthy to orient our lives towards? God calls us into the world to embody a kingdom that is not of this world, one that Christ the King offers peace and calls us to offer that peace to one another. So friends, look around one more time. We are indeed a strange people, but we are a beautiful people. So may God's grace and peace be with you this week. Amen. <laughs>